the other stuff isn't time sensitive, so. All right, so we're recording now, it looks like. Yep. <laughs> I've pushed record three times. This is the last time, so hopefully we're good. <laughs> looks like it's working. Yeah. Okay. Um, in as much as this is a call to order, um, oh, I'll, I think I'll just. Eric Strzok is joining. Oh, good. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Courtney. Uh, Eric Struckhoff is joining. So. Eric, are you there? Well, he unmuted himself. Um, we want to count that as good? Yeah, he's here. Okay. There, he's unmuted. Hi, Eric. We can't hear you yet. Here we go. Maybe. I almost saw video. Oh. Now we can hear him. Now we can hear him. Hi, Eric. Okay. So you want to call it to order? Is he? Oh, did we get him? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley. Uh, I want to do a call to order. Um, do I need to just turn it over to uh, Jessica and Ashley to give um, the explanations of how we do the meetings now under um, COVID? Yes, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Good afternoon and welcome to the April 15th Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board. My name is Jessica Mortinger and I am online with Ashley Myers to be facilitating the Zoom meeting. Portion of today's meeting, we will work alongside MPO Chair Courtney Shipley, who is on remote video to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, I have everyone muted so we can talk through the rules of the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel during the meeting. Please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can turn on your camera by clicking on or off the video icon located next to the microphone icon. For the purpose of this meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute or unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will find a choice to toggle between speaker view and gallery view. Speaker view shows all the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all meeting participants. A few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Kansas Open Meeting Act are met. As participants, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Individuals who signed up in advance to provide public comment will be called upon to do so. At this time, we have no one signed up for public comment. And Ashley, is anyone present in the commission room? To there is no one present at this time, Ashley has indicated, to provide public comment. If so, we will uh, follow social distancing protocols and in person and direct people to the podium to speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly after a motion is made in second and staff will call on each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried in the count of the vote. I want to remind you again, please meet yourself when you are not speaking. Now we'll turn the meeting back over to the chair after I do roll call. Um, la uh, last name in alphabetical order. I'm looking for Kelly. Yes. Messina. Here. 
Chipley. Here. And struck off. I'm here. Can you hear me yet? Yes, we can hear you. Uh, Welcome. Uh, my we, three o'clock meeting was canceled uh, at the last minute, and uh, I meant to email you today that I could not attend, but I think I failed to send the message. <laughs> well, it worked on our favor, and you you got here just in time. Oh, good. To well, save the so meeting. Good. Oh, joy. Well, happy to do so. <laughs> Great. We have a quorum of four. Excellent. Uh, again, this is um, Vice Mayor uh, Lawrence uh, Courtney Shipley. Um, so I think we did not, if I heard you very quickly, there's no one there to public comment, no one online to public comment. So we're moving on to approve the minutes for February 18th, uh, 2021. Do we have enough people here who were here to approve that? From February. February, yeah, I was here. I was not. This, Commissioner Kelly. this is Commissioner Struckoff. I believe I was there. Allison was there for you, Matt. This is yeah, I was going to chime in say, is that different with an alternate? I don't know. No, I, it's your yeah. discretion. Okay, so was that, do we have enough? Okay. Um, let's, I'll entertain a motion from a few of us that can <laughs> to approve those minutes. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, I move to approve. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, I guess I can second. Um, let's take a roll for that. Abstain. All right, Messina. Abstain. Uh, Shipley. Approve. Okay, struck off. Aye. Okay, it moves, motion carries two to zero with two abstentions. Sorry, excellent. Um, Vice Mayor Shipley, um, sorry, I have so many devices happening. I'm pushing and swiping on the wrong ones. Uh, let's move on to our regular agenda items. Number one, uh, federal fiscal year 2021 to 2024 transportation improvement program tip um, amendment two. And I think Ashley's doing this. Is that right? Thank you. That's correct. Yes. So I'm Ashley Byers, transportation planner, and I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Let me make sure the right thing is showing. There we go. Ooh. All right, so the Transportation Improvement Program, or the TIP, is a uh, program that we develop every two years, and it includes all of the projects that have federal and state funding, and then projects that are regionally significant in Douglas County. And we completely update it every two years, but in the meantime, we do amendments quarterly. And so this is just our uh, amendment number two, uh, quarterly amendment. and. This amendment includes a, several new projects, including a South Iowa Street Traffic Signal Improvement Program, which is uh, fiber, so they can connect the traffic lights to the traffic center and do more fancy things with it. And then we have all of the transportation alternatives funding that each of our jurisdictions in the county received, which was very exciting. So LeCompton has sidewalk funding, Lawrence has Lawrence Loop funding, Baldwin City has sidewalk funding, and Eudora has sidewalk funding. Uh, 
like I said, we were very excited that uh, all of the municipalities received this funding, and so it's going on the tip so it can be uh, actually constructed. Then we also have just some revisions to the US 56 project in Baldwin and to the Lawrence Loop Peterson Road to Michigan Street. We also had some just minor changes throughout the document uh, that are, the changes are shown in red, uh, where some links were broken or just other things like that. And so we updated those. And this was out for public comment uh, right there, the 16th through the 31st. We did not receive any public comments. And TAC rec recommended approval of this amendment at their meeting. Now, one thing to note is uh, the city of Lawrence requested that we remove 27th Street from the TIP amendment, uh, and I just neglected to remove it. Uh, and so if you could or, or wanted to, you could um, tr uh, pass this amendment with the inclusion of removing 27th Street. Uh, or we can include removing 27th Street from a future TIP amendment. Uh, either way works. Uh, because the project is not happening, uh, but we just want to make sure the tip is accurate. And that's all I have. Any questions about the tip amendment? Uh, Commissioner Strapoff, actually, I, I, I'm sorry, you mentioned the 27th Street. I don't see it on the, on the uh, tip changes summary in Appendix G. Am I missing that? No, you're, you're not. So I forgot to include it on the list. You forgot to include it. I'm sorry. I think she yeah. forgot to exclude it. I got you. No, no, yeah. I forgot to include it on the list. Uh, so if you were to include that on the amendment, I would update this revision sheet to include it. Got you. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any other questions or um, do I need to open up for public comment? Yes, please. Uh, is there anyone online or in the room there that needs to make public comment? There is no one here, but uh, Mr. Thornburg just joined the meeting. I don't know if he has comments or not. Doesn't, doesn't sound like it. Okay, um, if there's no other questions, um, I would entertain a motion to accept the tip. Uh, and do you want to include the removing of 27th Street in this tip this amendment? Is Vice, this, yeah, this is Vice Mayor Shipley. Um, Whoever is smart enough to make this motion, um, I would entertain a motion <laughs> to uh, um, approve the year 2021 to 2024 tip with the exclusion of the 27th Street um, project. Yep, this is Matt Messina, Kata. Motion to approve this tip amendment with consideration of the future removal of 27th Street. I will second that, this is Commissioner Kelly. Vice Mayor Shipley, I hear a first and second. Um, I'll uh, ask for uh, sure. Ashley to do the roll call. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'll do the roll call vote. Kelly? Yes. Messina? Yes. Yes. Shipley? Yes. Struckoff? Yes. 
Uh, motion carries four to zero. Excellent, good job, everyone. <laughs> um, let's move on to number two here. We have performance measures, measures. 7, 24, 25, and 26 uh, data update. And I, I believe Jessica's doing this one. It's actually me this time. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Ashley. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Throwing you for a loop. Uh, my name is Ashley Breyers, transportation planner, and I'm going to share my screen again. All right. When we developed Transportation 2040, we included 26 performance measures, and now we actually have 27 performance measure, measures. And originally, we planned to do a annual report with new data for all of the items all at once. But we discovered that the data was not updated on the same schedule. And so we've developed a rolling schedule of up updating these performance measures. And so the measures today are all measures that just have updated data. They're are no targets, this is not any federally required performance measures, these are just local ones that we developed. And so we have performance measure seven, which is the average travel time to work. And this includes data from the US Census Bureau American Community Survey, five-year estimates. And this data source, the one right here, is the same for several of the other performance measures. We're just looking at them diff in different ways. So you can see here that the travel time uh, yeah, has stayed pretty consistent, uh, except for in Eudora has gone down a little bit over the years. And so we'll get 2020 data sometime next year. So then we'll do this again and look at 2020 data probably next spring. And then we have the percentage of sensitive lands allocated within public rights of way. And we developed a GIS model to do this. And so it just looks at all the data and pops out the number. And our 2019 and 2020 are the same. There was a bit of a difference between 2017 and 2019, and that might be because we did not have a model originally for 2017, but now we do. So it should be more consistent going forward. This is the percent of single occupancy vehicles, and this is the same data as the other uh, one from the census, the five-year estimates. And those numbers have all gone down. Oh, wait, wait. I'm looking in the wrong column. Uh, they have not all gone down. <laughs> They've slightly gone up. <laughs> the opposite of what I said. Um, and our desired trend here is to go down. But again, there's no target on this because this is not a federal measure. Then we have percentage of mode choice. And there's a lot of information on these. So we've had to add a third page. So you could look at 2013 through 2019 and compare back and forth about where we're at. And of course, we would like to reduce the trend for driving alone as part of all our other multimodal work. So that is the update for the performance measures. And this was just a, a data update, so we do not need a motion or anything like that. But I'm happy to answer any questions if you have any. Vice Mayor Shipley, I have a question. Um, sure. You said we're obviously we're still collecting data are you anticipating um, 
drastic or dramatic changes when we look at 2020 and and what will that teach us about the future question because of covid but will we have learned something about not needing to drive to work for example right uh, Ashley Breyer's Transportation Planner, that's a good question. Uh, it'll be really interesting to look at the ACS data because it is five-year estimates and it's all about surveys that are sent out to people. And so uh, it, it might kind of take into account the blip of 2020 and might not be that different, uh, but we'll see. Um, Jeff, do you have any thoughts? You're the resident. Uh, do you, uh, census person. Jeff Craig, MPO secretary. Uh, my early hunch is I think we're probably going to see some traffic pattern data changing. I, the question will be is do we actually see it staying in that 2020 pattern? Do we see a return to the 2019 pattern? I think we're kind of in, in a little bit of limbo. The, the one thing I will say is some of the data that I've seen in a preliminary standpoint is um, some of the places that have been a little bit more open are actually still seeing decreases because there's a lot more people that have that capacity to work from home. Um, we've also seen some shifts in people that are, um, because that now they're fully remote, they're not even living in the cities that they're working in in some instances. So I think in the future years, the next three or five years, we'll probably see a better trend on that one. But I think at the moment, we're probably I'm not sure if the dip we're seeing will continue on or will we see a return to 19? I think it's probably a, a good question to track and follow. Yeah, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. So I think that will be important. I think the other thing we've talked about a lot with the technical advisory committee is the use of local data. So local data about when we collect traffic count information isn't telling us a lot about um, some of the stuff we've seen about how um, COVID has changed walking and biking patterns, time of day, peak usage for some of those different modes. And I think we're going to need to continue to track those issues in corridor specific projects as we build support probably for increased walking and biking um, and what that means in all of our communities. Um, I will call your attention to the chat where Mr. Thornburg has asked, uh, do other MPOs do mode share goals? Um, so MPOs have federal regulations around doing performance-based planning. Mode share is not one of the federally required measures um, that MPOs are required to set targets on. And so the our MPO has added that as a measure that we track as part of our planning um, to inform the process um, and some of the goals we've set in our long-range transportation plan that we update every five years. As a result of that, for those measures in the last plan, since it was the first performance-based plan we've ever done, we set trends for all of the targets that were not federally required, for all of the measures that didn't require targets that were not federally required. There are some local initiatives going on, specifically at the city of Lawrence, in relationship to the strategic plan where um, I could anticipate I've seen that as one of the proposed uh, performance measures that they look at. And so there could in the future be targets and conversation in our region around um, resource allocation and meeting targets related to that measure, but it's not something the MPO has done. One of the things we find really challenging in relation to some of these targets and measures that we track is we don't, um, as an MPO, um, have designated funding. So 
um, the local governments in our region apply to the state often for the de uh, for consideration for federal funded programs that includes transportation enhancements like all of the sidewalk and bike projects that were recently awarded in our region. Um, but that also means that um, we don't have as much control in setting uh, spending priorities, and that really falls on the local government. So it would be challenging for us to set performance targets on many of these when in our adopted plans, if the if the plan adoption wasn't also prioritized um, in terms of those same measures by the local governments who set spending authority and make spending decisions. So um, hopefully that kind of answers that question um, for everyone. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, any other questions uh, for staff while they're here? We'll look at the chat. I haven't been good at looking in the chat here. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we don't need to make a motion on that, but I, I think we should thank everyone for their hard work on this. Um, if you love data, this is this is the thing you love to look at. Um, so I appreciate all the work that you guys have done on this. Um, item number three is the City of Lawrence Ethics Policy uh, and the Kansas Open Meetings Act presentation. If I'm frozen. Hi, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. Sorry, I missed you there for a second. I apparently lost internet. Um, we want to present to you and share with you the City of Lawrence ethics policies, so you're aware of that. For those of you that that is applicable to, we also wanted to share with you the City presentation about the Kansas Open Meetings Act requirement that they've asked us to share with governing bodies that are under our staff jurisdiction. Um, the open meeting principle is based on the belief that the public has the right to know the public's business, and as such, uh, government is dependent on a formed, an informed electorate. Um, this work being the policy of the state, um, this is governmental business and it should be open to the public. Uh, um, next slide, two slides down, thank you. A body is involved in you when there is a meeting and the MPO policy board constitute a, constitutes a meeting. And so this applies um, and, and when public funds are expended are supported. And that is the case with the work that we do, which makes it public. A meeting is constituted and conditions for a meeting happen when the body is gathering, there's interactive communication and there's discussion of business of the body. So you would have seen recently an email from us that we forwarded from the city of Lawrence attorney's office, uh, paying particular attention to interactive communication when multiple members are participating, discussing uh, work of the body, particularly in relation to like on social media discussion boards. Um, so we're careful to do that. For the MPO policy board, seven uh, members are currently appointed, so four is a quorum. Interactive communication applies when there's physical presence and or when there's conversation that is happening back and forth about work of the body, discussing discussing business of the body. So um, not coma doesn't necessarily apply um, at a social gathering if there's discussion of the business or um, if you're in other places with a quorum that are discussing another body's business that's under their open meetings, but it wouldn't apply um, 
to coma for MPO. Um, again, I reminded you about the specific guidance we had about electronic communication. It's the reason why when Ashley and I email policy board members, we blind carbon copy um, to prevent a re reply all on your behalf. But even if you would see us reply or send an email to everyone, um, we encourage you do not avoid the reply all function. You can correspond with us and we would be happy to distribute information that's relevant back out um, to the group on an agenda or other materials. So um, we also wanna make sure we're not in the habit of having interactive communication that's serial. So any member sharing common topics and intended by all participants should happen by all participants in an, in an action where binding action is gonna be taken. So we wanna make sure that happens in the public. Again, it applies when there's a meeting and the body is covered and the meeting has requirements that the communication be interactive, a majority of the membership and discussions of business in the body. Um, all meetings must be open to the public and proper notice must be given. We um, have, while there's no rules of how, what that public notice looks like, we post agendas for this meeting seven days in advance. That's per our bylaws. Um, meetings must be held in generally publicly accessible places. That's why Ashley's in the city commission room. And there is an ability for people to observe or listen to the meeting. We broadcast live and record and um, offer in person to those who can't access those ways. Um, here I talked a little bit about notice. We always post online on iCompass and also um, email our mailing list agenda seven days in advance. Um, we have no reason to have executive sessions. If we did, we would consult first with the City of Lawrence attorney out, Attorney's Office being host at the city. At the city. Um, there are ramifications for violations of coma, but it's in the best interest of everybody to have good faith um, to participate. And so we will hope that that is the case and we will work to rectify any of that if we are found to be not in compliance. If there are a few there, further questions or uh, conversation we need to have about coma, I'd be happy to entertain that now, or we can follow up with the city attorney's office. Um, and that is what I have. So I'd be happy to entertain anything that anybody might have about coma. We just share this update with you annually to remind you of this is the existing law and of why we do the practices we do to make sure the public has access to the work that we are doing. Uh, Vice Mayor Shibley, and again, any other questions? Uh, Vice Mayor Shibley, yeah, it is interesting that the points you make about uh, social media are very important. That's something that happened very recently and unintentionally, um, I think, by some new commissioners. Uh, Facebook is a minefield sometimes. So um, everyone just be careful about their social media. Um, um, and uh, I appreciate your updating us. It's good to be reminded all the time <laughs> of what our uh, responsibilities are to the public in terms of trans and transparency. Um, I think that's everything on our regular agenda. Um, Jessica, I think you were going to do the quick updates. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. We have a few quick updates for you we wanted to share. We um, are working on um, the ITS, Intelligent Transfer Sys Transportation Systems Architecture Plan, which is coordinating all of the technology-related things for related to transportation. So think about signal coordination, vehicle preemption, signals like for emergency vehicles, and, um, traveler information. Um, and we're working with all of the stakeholders in the city and um, the cities and county um, and state and KTA 
um, to coordinate uh, the plan update. Um, and we've had a second meeting now with that group and we will continue to meet with them to work on that plan update. Um, we have had a kickoff meeting now already in coordination with Lawrence Transit and our involvement in the transit route redesign um, study. And we just the city, um, that process just released kind of a video update on social media this week, which was a kind of cool new technology that we're using to inform the public, um, kind of some quick videos that gives more information and can show pictures, um, which is, we thought is kind of valuable. And so we'll be excited to get feedback about that um, to see how that goes. But this can, that consultant-led study is expected to happen this year. And there will be a, a lot of public engagement opportunities for the public to weigh in on what transit service looks like in preparation for the August 2022 rollout of a new transfer uh, center. And then we have also recent TAC meeting um, minutes posted online um, for your entertainment. I'd be happy to entertain questions about that or anything else um, related to MPO work. Okay, uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, and again, any other questions? I don't see anybody hollering. Um, A question really quick. This is Commissioner Kelly. Um, so I'm interested in with the repurposing of Kennedy, um, how that might impact our safe schools plan um, and what might be the timeline there. Okay, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Um, our Safe Routes to School plan that was just recently adopted has a provision in it that um, gives us a process for any time school boundary changes are made to reevaluate the routes related to boundaries. We are currently waiting on USD 497 to sign an MOU. That's our working agreement. It's an, uh, more formalized working agreement to work together. That's one of the things we're working on. Um, but we've also already requested data from them related to how the boundary change will affect some of their student attendance. So we can go back and remap all the schools that are affected to reevaluate all of the boundaries that have changed um, all the, for all the schools to reevaluate routes. Um, we will begin working on that as soon as we get that information. We have started that process already, and I would imagine it will be a smaller update. We're going to have to meet with the committee to decide how we're going to approach some of the things in the plan that already referenced Kennedy, um, because I don't think we'll go back and revise the entire plan, but we will definitely go back and explore particularly the built environment um, conditions that related to routes and some of the mapping that we plan to do around each of the schools um, for, for education and planning purposes. We will have to have further discussion, I think, about um, the City of Lawrenceville, particularly, and with the Safe Routes to School Committee about how they're going to evaluate and consider crossing guard changes. Um, they're already taking that conversation to the Multimodal Transportation Commission shortly, and so I would envision they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do that. One of the challenges will be is the threshold to set new crossing guards is based on our kids currently crossing there. Well, that's going to be hard to evaluate. So I think that's going to be one of the conversations they have to have, um, particularly in relation, I know 23rd Street was brought up at um, in the conversations I overheard around that school. And so those are going to be issues that uh, will be vetted kind of outside of the MPO process, but at the local level and probably as part of our Safe Routes to School coordinated working group. Thank you. Yep. 
Thank you, Commissioner Kelly. Um, uh, is there any other business? Not hearing or seeing anything. Um, looks like our next meeting is May 20th, um, unless something happens, which sometimes does. Um, it was very nice to see you all, Commissioner Kelly. And I don't see you, Mr. Struckoff, but I do enjoy to watch you and your other commissions. Um, <laughs> it was nice to see you as well. Um, and I'm told that we're less formal and that we don't have a motion to adjourn. So sadly, I will just wave goodbye to all of you. Thank you for being here. Patrick, if you have a second, would you stay and chat with us? Sure. Okay. So long, commissioners. So see you all later.